Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood. We've all suffered losses of varying degrees. Grief is normal, but in some cases, grief becomes chronic, and when it's compounded by guilt, it can seem nearly impossible to resolve. Today's guest knows all too well she lost her first son early on in his life to SIDS, and it took her years to get over that grief and to get over that guilt. She's recently put a book together called Awakened by Grace. She shares with us how with faith, you can be healed. She's going to share her own personal journey and how you can get through the grief that you may be experiencing today on Connections. We're joined today by Darlene West. She is a retired corporate developer, program designer, and curriculum specialist. She's also a street evangelist, as well as the author of a new book called Awakened by Grace. We're going to start right there. We want to get to know you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you went down the road of writing. Oh, well, all my life I've told stories. I mean, when I was seven years old, my mother asked me once, Darlene, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my sister answered for me before I could. She said, the biggest liar that ever lived. (laughs) (laughs) But because I used to love to sit down and just tell stories, make up stories. But I was actually pursuing a career in botany when I was in college. And when I was doing my back core stuff, you know, the the classes that are, you have to do, but you don't really want to do, you know, the English, I was doing English and writing and my teacher's, had told me that I was quite gifted and recommended I change to English major. And I did. And um, that's when I started writing. I wrote short stories, then nonfiction short stories. And I got one nonfiction short story published in the university magazine. And I just went on from there. And then, you know, more I prayed about it, the more God was leading me to write this novel, I kept getting the name Franklin, who is the um, protagonist in my novel. And I knew I had to sit down and write a story about Franklin. And once I start writing, it just started to come. And now we're going to get around to that book in just a second, but I want to learn more about you and your street evangelizing and bringing the word of God to uh, mental hospitals. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I loved it. I still evangelize. I still do street evangelizing. But um, the mental hospitals was when I was living in Connecticut. And it was very rewarding. Um, This one woman, I met her. And that night, she was going to commit suicide. But before, instead of committing suicide, she gave her life to Christ. And that was so rewarding for me. And when I was out in the streets... I just, in fact, I was telling a story about this in in church. Like there was this woman who was a prostitute and she was standing on a street corner and she was doing obscene gestures to people, to these men, a group of men on another corner of the street, across the street from her. And the Lord told me to stop and talk to her. And I stopped. And when I stopped, the Lord said, pray real loud. And I started praying really loud and the men ran and she fell in my arms and she was crying. She wanted to go back to church that she grew up in. And uh, that was a letter to the Lord then. Um, 
and we went to her church and she went back home to church and street evangelizing evangelizing period is very rewarding to me and i look at my novel as part of evangelizing too because i put jesus in there his love the love of god and that's what i've always wanted to give that message to people in mental hospitals now when i found out though when i was doing street evangelizing and going into the mental hospitals that there's a lot of people who were living under self-condemnation guilt and chronic grief they believed that everything was their fault and they believed that god wouldn't love them and that was very touching to my heart and that's what led me to this story that i wrote in awakened by grace because I saw so many hurting people out there and it was very touching when I was able to let them know um, my favorite scripture in the Bible is he did not come into this world to condemn it, but that it might be saved. And I just love that. That's John three seventeen, Oh, six seventeen. I'm sorry. John six seventeen, And I just I want people to know how much he loves them and and that they don't have to feel like they're not good enough for God. I want them to know that they're not, uh, it's, you know, guilt comes from the devil. Uh, God forgives you. He forgave you. Jesus forgave you long 2000 years ago on the cross. All you got to do is go to him and tell him, I I love you. (laughs) Take something in my life and make something of it. And he will. He definitely will. Now, you mentioned chronic grief as well. Um, That's something that a lot of people are actually dealing with as we speak right now, whether it be from the pandemic or whatnot. But you yourself have experienced chronic grief. Can you tell us your story um, and how that really is something that's on your heart as well? Well, my first son, Simon, he... um, when he was two months old, he passed away with SIDS. And it was a very, um, it's very difficult. You never forget it. You know, um, you learn to move on. And when I found Christ, I didn't have Christ at the time. And I believe that his life helped me pointed the way to Christ. But it's something that I was in shock for three weeks and I, it was like people were talking to me and their voices were echoing off my ears. So it is very, very real, you know, the chronic grief, it's hard to get over it. And when it comes to your child though, and I'm sure there's people out there who have lost a child, they'll understand that it's been now 43 years for since Simon passed away. And it's like yesterday when it happened for me. I've never gotten, I've never forgotten this moment, that moment. It's like, you know, the very moment when I saw him taking his last breath, it was really something that it's hard to explain that pain. You can't even scream it out. And I tried to scream it out. You can't scream it out. But 
now I know he's in heaven with the Lord. You know, I mean, he was only two months old. He was a baby. And I just, I had God in my head then, but now he's in my heart. So I know, I believe that when I go to heaven, the first person I'm going to see is my Simon. Now, you chose to write your book in a literary fiction style. Just hearing your story right now about your son uh, and your own chronic grief, why did you choose to go that way when it came to this story? Because I saw a lot of people when I've been out in the streets, when I was out in the streets and when I went to mental institutions that suffered chronic grief, not only from a death of a loved one, but they felt death of themselves, their own spirits. They felt that they had no hope and, and um, people feel there's no more hope and it's all over with. But I believe that God is into, he's, he's about ready to do something big. And I know he is in my heart. I know I just trust him and, you know, with all my heart and I lean that to my understanding. So it's, it, the grief is out there and it's very bad. You know, it's very sad. And I want them to know that there's hope. That's why I wanted to write this like this so that people understand there is hope. It's not over. Tell us a little bit about Awakened by Grace and what people can expect. Well, after the, I I wrote the worst possible scenario for this man. I wrote that after the death of his wife, his tragic death, uh, Franklin, Professor Franklin blames himself. And he walks away from his family. He walks away from all social interactions. He becomes a a self-imposed recluse. So, but two years after his wife's death, shortly after the anniversary of his wife's death, his granddaughter Maggie comes with an unexpected visit for five days. She's only eight. His daughter leaves her with him while she goes off on an interview. Her and her husband go off an interview to become missionaries. So, but Maggie, she just steals his heart. You know, that's his granddaughter. He loved her way before she died. His wife died. And now he's got her alone. And um, from that point on, Maggie's faith-filled prayers manifest before Franklin's eyes. And as the two experienced God-led divine appointments, Maggie encourages new people to become part of Franklin's life. But in spite of everything that Franklin witnesses, he still finds it difficult to let go of the weight of his guilt. And he finds it difficult to move on without his wife. So that's basically what the story is about. I'm curious. I know you just mentioned it earlier, but um, it's interesting because you yourself have an amazing story of chronic grief and I I don't want to say how you overcame it you have overcome it but not completely I am a mom I can't even imagine the thought of losing a child no I don't even want to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel your story alone your personal story has so much impact um the fact that you went with fiction is very interesting still 
in my mind. I love the story though, too. You picked one of the most um, painful things that someone can suffer. Um, why did you choose that? I chose, I'm an adult educator by um, my profession's adult education. I'm actually retired now, but one of my, one of the best techniques I've had was storytelling. People remember stories more than they remember, you know, I call it, you know, if you go into a class and you sit there and you memorization and regurgitation, and once you regurgitate it, it, it doesn't affect you anymore. It's, it's, you have to sit there and start thinking, wait a minute, what did he teach me? What did I learn? What did I know? But with a story, you can relate yourself to that story and think, well, you know, just like you just said, now you're a mom and you can't even imagine it. No, it, it, my aunt and uncle lost uh, a child before I was born. And um, when they saw each other one day together, they were divorced. And the first thing they did was look into the album at their son's picture that they lost. And that was like 60 years after the loss of their child. And so you just, you know, you, you thought to, you said, well, I'm a mom. Well, you heard my story and you relate it to it because you are a mom. And so people will pick out a story and say, Oh, wow. You know, um, I can relate to that. Wait a minute. How did that person get out of that? Oh yes. That, thank you. That's, that's what, that's my answer. Let me try that. And so storytelling was always my favorite technique of teaching. And even when I taught, I, I teach Ukrainian people in an ESL classroom and they, when I gave, told them a story, they remembered it better than they did when I was teaching them the grammar and everything out of the, you know, workbooks. And they even got caught on words that was just magnificent. Like one gentleman, he was only here in their country for three months. I mean, three weeks, I'm sorry, for three weeks. And I told him a story about Frederick Douglass. And he, um, and, and I kept using the word emancipation. And so when he came back the following week, he raised his hand and I said, yes. He says, I will be emancipated when I learn English. And I thought, wow. I mean, he picked that up from the story. And that's why I went fiction. At the end of the day, who do you hope will pick up this book? And what do you hope they'll take away from it? I hope they take God's love away with it, you know, because God is anybody that's hurting or just if you want to read a good story, if you like to read. Um, I just, they, I wrote this story. I could have wrote it a, a romance, you know, how most stories, when you lose a spouse in the story, they have another person come into their life. I didn't want people to see that like that. I want people to see Jesus Christ in it. I didn't want them to say, oh, wow, you met this nice lady or you met or she met this really cool man. And I liked this story. It was really touching. No, I want them to know that Christ is the way and he's the one that loves us and 
if we could just wrap ourselves in the word of God, he can, you know, just encourage ourselves with the Christ. Um, That's what helps pull us out of things. And that's what I want people to take away is Jesus and his love for us. Do you have any plans to go back out on the street and maybe bring your books out and evangelize with your book? You know, that's a good idea. I like that idea. (laughs) (laughs) I just might do that. Um, I I do go, well, when I'm in the grocery stores and stuff like that, or if I'm at a, you know, Walmart, whatever, um, God tells me to witness to somebody. I still witness. I still do some evangelizing. I, I guess you never lose it once you got it. Definitely not. (laughs) For people who want to learn about you or want to pick up your book, how can they go about doing that? Well, then go to darlingwest.com, my website. Or they can go to anywhere where they have, where they sell books like Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and, um, anywhere where they sell a book. So you can find it online. My, my publisher Whiff and stock actually um, I've been published by the imprint of Whiff and stock, which is resource publications, but Whiff and stock is my publisher and they have an author page on there for me. So either way you can connect with my publishers um, page through my website, but darlingwest.com. I made it really easy to find me. <laughs> moving forward what's up next for you i'm going to write another novel and um around my neighborhood i'm known as the fudge lady and Interesting. So, you know, <laughs> i um make fudge and cookies and i, I love to bake it's wow. my other, it's like a hobby for me so my husband and i are buying a, a concession trailer so that we can go from fair to fair and I can sell my goodies. But I also have got another book in mind. It's going to be concerning um, a family who um, has a, a boy in the family, a man, young man that is addicted to drugs. So I wanted to write that subject too, because it's really affecting many, many families today. Yeah, not only in the U.S., but up here in Canada as well. Yeah, everywhere. So I wanted to, you know, something on that. So, Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you having me. It was really a, a fun time. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.